Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Free Parking Show. With your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, Peter's back from vacation, so we have the whole gang here tonight. Uh, very big show for you. going to talk about a lot of different things. If you want to text into the show, get your opinions heard or ask questions of any of us or uh, anything you want. Anything you want to write in, we'd love to hear from you at 252-621-2065. We're going to start this show like we always like to start our Monday shows with Peter's rant. What do you got for us, Peter? Well, I'm sure people that are NFL fans or sports fans in general that read and listen to the news a lot about the sports heard about Joseph Randall uh, hit three people with a car and then proceeded to enter or break into this uh, break into a woman's home or somebody's home and this is not the first time we've had I mean 2014 there was a shoplifting incident um, there was a disturbance at a, a casino uh, last year he was and then that and he's ultimately suspended under the personal conduct policy before games before. So clearly this guy just doesn't just doesn't understand how to be a professional. Uh, I definitely think he's done in the NFL. I don't think anyone's going to want to touch him after this most recent incident because, well, I mean, why would you want to? Clearly he has no respect for the law or really anybody, including himself, the teams he's played for his teammates. So for, for me to feel bad for this guy, I don't. And I think that he, the writing is on the wall, and I think his NFL career is over, and justifiably so, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I, I think the the whatever his name is, the Randall guy, he's the what they say like something like five arrests in 17 months or three arrests or something like that. That's ridiculous. I just don't get how many he's opportunities NFL players need. They they get so many opportunities to do the right thing, and yet they fall back into old habits. So you know, I'm, it's kind of like. The Cowboys, the Cowboys fans actually are not really too thrilled over this news either. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, I think you're right, though. I think it's like five rests in like 18 months. I think that's what it is. But it's, to begin with, he's not like a star running back. Yeah, he was very good on third down. And I, I know one game he had like 10 receptions, 100 yards. was really one of the bigger games he had. And, you know, when he was behind DeMarco Murray, he would break off runs here and there. But it was nothing consistent. He wasn't going to be a star running back in the future. And, I mean, by no means, even if he was, was that going to give him the right to just go out and break the law? No, I agree with Peter. I think his uh, – I don't see his NFL career coming up anymore. So, you know, just it's sad to see, really, these guys can't just keep their head in the game. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with both of you here. Uh, it, it is four arrests uh, since 2014 that he's had, um, and two arrests this month. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, uh, the, I, all right, anybody who's a fan of How I Met Your Mother knows that Barney uh, has that the crazy hot scale where he draws out the line. It's like, to be this crazy, you must be this hot. Like, in the NFL, they have the same scale. It's like, to get away with this much, you have to be this talented. So if you're, you know, really, if you're Tom Brady, or, you know, or you're Adrian Peterson, as we've seen what what he got away with, if you're that guy, you can get away with a lot. Uh, if you're Joseph Randall, you can't get away with very much because you're not that great uh, of a player considering the talent that you're around. Um, yeah, he, he's doomed to, to be uh, a CFL player after this it's it's unbelievable what he's done through his career the shoplifting charge arrested in a casino for causing a disturbance uh arrested because he was uh had like an outstanding speeding ticket if, if i remember correctly and then this breaking and entering and running three people over it's just unbelievable he's a bum i mean what more can there be to be said <laughs> i was waiting for that there it is <laughs> <laughs> the return of Peter. The yeah, the strong return there. <laughs> We've missed that. No one's been a bum for a week now since you've been off. <laughs> no one's walking around on tippy toes because they know it's just not coming. All right. The first thing uh, I want to bring into. Now, now they have to worry. <laughs> That's right. The first thing I want to bring up, bring up tonight is. Uh, the Gronk Cruise, I'm sure everybody's uh, heard a lot about this. They just came in today uh, to the end of the cruise, and, and this thing was wild. They had uh, Red Foo from LMFAO. They had uh, Flo Rida. A lot of different um, people came and performed. Uh, a lot of alcohol, a lot of crazy stuff. Evidently, one of the, the highlights of it was Gronk was on stage, and he offered anybody in the crowd $10,000 if they would have sex on stage in front of everybody. Um, I didn't hear if anybody took him up on the offer or not, but evidently the offer was out there. Uh, just kind of craziness um, that just went down. And the one thing that like I kept thinking was, like, imagine if this was Cam Newton or imagine if this was Johnny Manziel. Or, you know, there's, like, at first I was thinking, you know, like, oh, if he was a quarterback, he wouldn't get away with it because, uh, you know, the pressure that it takes to be in that position. And I was just like, well, if he was – if he was black, he, or, or he probably wouldn't get away with it. But then I was after I thought for a while, I was just like, if he wasn't Gronk, like he is the top in his position by a long shot, and uh, and it, you know his team is so talented, so they play so well, they get far into the playoffs each year. Only Gronk can get away with this. Do you think that that's true? Do you think that there's other players out there that could get away with the level of uh, you know the alcohol and the the partying and stuff that Gronk uh, gets away with in the public view? I, I don't know. I, I think it's Gronk being Gronk. We all know he's a party animal, celebration, celebrations, loves dancing, loves being in the spotlight. I, I mean, it, it's just hard to say because, like, like you said, it's just Gronk. It, it didn't. It wouldn't even sound right if it was another NFL player doing this. <laughs> what do you think, Amos? Oh my bad, my bad. I thought, <laughs> I thought okay. Uh, I uh, I disagree. I really think that other players could get away with it. I think uh, I think Cam Newton could get away with it. 
I think the big difference is that Gronk has been doing it. Like, yes, Cam has been playing very well, and I mean, he had a really good rookie season. But this year is really like the breakout year where like Cam Newton really gave his NFL introduction to how good he is going to be for years to come. And I think with Gronk, yeah, man, I, he's been good for a long time. He's kept mostly out. You know, he's kept out of the public spotlight with like any kind of trouble. I'm not saying Cam Newton has been, but I think it's just how good he's been for how long. And but getting away with it, I don't mean that like he would get in trouble or anything. I just mean the the public right, scrutiny, right. like. Everybody's just like, oh, look at Gronk doing his thing. But I think a lot of play, you know, if this was Johnny Manziel, he's immediately like in the hot seat. You know, everybody's. It's not funny then. It's this kid's got a problem, but he's shown that he has a problem with, uh, you know, alcohol. And yeah, but if he keeps the lead, does it? No one's going to say anything. What do you say, Peter? Uh, I thought about this when I when I saw this uh, trending online. When the whole idea to offer money for uh, to perform to have sex with him on stage, I thought was pretty. That was pretty stupid. I didn't particularly care for that. I think the only reason why he gets away now, if you took that away, then I gonna then I can understand people. Then I wouldn't, you know, totally understand why people are getting upset that he can do it, <clears throat> but Manziel can't. But when you bring on the whole sex on stage thing, I know it's probably just a joke, but it's just in today's NFL, you got to watch what you're doing and saying. Um, but I think there really isn't a double standard here between him and Menzel because Menzel has, he parties during the season, shows up to practice as allegedly drunk or hungover on whatever drug or alcohol he was on. And he's been part of abusive towards a girlfriend. He's, you know, allegedly the night before a game, he's out in Las Vegas partying at the Hard Rock Hotel. So I think the difference is that Gronkowski puts, every week he goes out there and puts on a great performance. And then, he does his job. You never hear about him in the news for anything negative. So I think that people that are calling this a double standard need to kind of calm down a little bit. But I don't particularly care for the whole, I'll give you $10,000 if you have sex on stage with me. I'm sure it was just a joke, but it's just like, come on, man. In today's NFL, don't be saying stupid stuff like that because people will, will tarnish your, try to tarnish your reputation with that. Although Gronkowski, he's one of my favorite players, but he's not exactly the most intelligent person about the stuff he says and does. Uh, when it comes to partying, not that he's ever done anything too stupid, it's just, I think he's just kind of like a big meathead sometimes and kind of just doesn't care what he says and lets it come out of his mouth. And he he got to watch himself. I don't think in, that, he's, that he'll ever be the next Johnny Menzel in the sense that <clears throat> he has a party, a partying issue, but this was a little bit ridiculous in my opinion for him to say what he said, but the partying crews, I, I, it doesn't bother me much because again, he never gets in trouble off the field. A guy like Menzel does it, he does get in trouble quite a bit, though. If he did do it, it would be it would be stupid because he brings a lot of negative attention to himself because of the situations <clears throat> he finds himself in quite often. Yeah, and and I think that I mean I don't think there's a lot of people that would get away with it with the the love that he has, and I think it's it's not a bad thing. I think it's because of the situation he's put him in, himself in, where he is. I mean, he's by far and away the best at his position in the NFL. Um, you know, and he plays on a team that is uh, constantly in the Super Bowl talks, if not right around the Super Bowl. I mean, look at I me. Mean, look at the last several years. It's the AFC Championship game. It's a Super Bowl victory. It, you know, it's they're always um, around that area. That and they're always you know a threat to make it that far. And I mean, he is the best at what he does. Um, so I think a lot of that. Plus, he's never really had any off the field issues. 
you know, he, he handles himself, and, you know, even, like, the partying and stuff, he doesn't do anything stupid or get in trouble with the law or anything like that. Um, I heard some interesting takes today, though, and this really bl- blew up with, like, the popularity that it was. Do you think that uh, Robert Kraft or, or Bill Belichick's going to sit down and talk to him and be like, don't do this again, or do you think that it's it's fine, it's it's okay? No, I don't think you're going to see that. I think they asked Belichick about his partying in the offseason last year, and Belichick's like, well, whatever works. Because I, I think Peter hit the nail on the head here. He said Gronk doesn't do any of the part. When when football season starts, off-training workout, and when he's supposed to be there, he's there to work. I can understand. People just need to cut loose and have a good time in the offseason. I understand that. We all have lives outside of, you know, business like we go to work we go to school but we all want to have a good time so i mean it's like it like they said that he's not doing nothing illegal it's just gronk he's a big freaking meathead i mean but i don't think they're gonna tell him to stop and you know it, belichick says hey i ain't got no problem with it neither do i i think a lot of us too is the uh quote unquote patriot way and the way it's defined and that easy outlier but still extremely successful with being a part of the organization mm, that's a good point um so I, I i don't think they'll sit down and talk with him i think if it was i think if he pulled something like johnny Manziel did where it's becoming a problem they will but or maybe they have talked to him about it and just have asked him a couple of times to say, hey, you know, we want you to have fun, but be mindful about what you're doing because, like we've said, you start doing stuff too much, you can get yourself in quite a bit of trouble. But I don't think they'll sit down and talk with him unless things do get out of hand, and let's hope it doesn't because... I don't. I don't want to see any, any NFL player become addicted to anything or be involved in domestic violence because it's just stupid. But I don't see him being involved in that because he's been in the NFL for how long now and he's been partying it up and there's been nothing negative around it. But you know, and just as long as it doesn't become like an issue during the regular season, if he's throwing big parties, you know, two or three days, two or three days before games or the night before. I don't see them sitting down and talking to him unless they think it's going to be a true issue, which it doesn't appear to be at this time. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that I've heard some people say that they think that um, because it's the, the Patriot way, and it is the Patriots are, you know, they're Tom Brady, they're Bill Belichick, they're real straight-laced guys, and Gronk is like the exact opposite, uh, you know, uh, of that kind of attitude. But I think that, you know, he handles himself well. He is never in trouble. Um, with the law or, you know, getting into stupid situations. And he is kind of this lovable... He's like America's frat boy. I mean, he's just like the lovable meathead, like you guys have pointed out. Um, Although I did see his dance moves uh, on the videos that I've seen. And if you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. And not to be hating on anybody's (laughs) dance move, because I am the the whitest of the white man out there. I I can't dance at all unless I'm well-plied, and then it does not look good, but uh, Gronk needs to work on the dance moves. If you're going to dance in front of that many people and on camera, because it was pretty bad. But uh, but no, Gronk is being Gronk. Uh, moving on to the next thing here uh, we're going to talk about tonight. Um, just want to touch on this real quick. The Lady Volunteers of Tennessee... Uh, they fell out of the AP poll for the first time since 1985. That is 31 years, 
565 consecutive weeks that they've been in the top 25. That's five presidents. Reagan was the president uh, the last time that they weren't on uh, the top 25 for the AP poll. And that was six years before I was born. I mean, just an impressive uh, streak. Never seen a streak that long. Currently, uh, UConn is on, I believe it's like 300 and some uh, consecutive weeks. So they still have a couple years to go before they get to... uh, to the Volunteers' uh, record, but uh, I mean, one incredibly impressive, uh, ab- absolutely outstanding for this program. Uh, two, it has to feel bad to be part of the group that that ended the streak. That has to not feel good. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, probably not. I don't. I don't know much about women's college basketball. The, when you think of Tennessee Volunteers, you always think of the the great Pat Summit that coached there for what uh, from 1974 to 2012. That that's the name that rings the most bells for me. But yeah, a lot, that's a long time to be out of that top 25 for sure. Yeah, it's a uh, man. I couldn't believe. It. I actually didn't know what you were talking about until I looked it up, and I was just kind of sat back and shocked, and I was like, wow. But I think a lot of it is, you know, you have the big coaching change, and I think you were definitely on on my angle. It was, yeah, they were the group that ended it, and it's got to feel bad, but it probably feels worse too because, like, they just happened to be the group. 500's a lot. It was bound to happen. Those kids just know they hate it. That happened to them. Yeah, that was a bit of a shock to me. I'm sure it probably does feel weird for them to be the first team in you know however many weeks it's been they're not in the <clears throat> ranked in the you know in the poll but it, it I think it's I think some people may not just making a, a big deal out of this one it shouldn't be but it was pretty surprising because when you think about women's basketball you think about teams like UConn and Tennessee so it's, it was a bit of a shock that that uh <clears throat> that they're out of the you know not hold anymore but i'm sure they'll be back in before the uh before the march Madness tournament yeah i just wanted to say you know uh a lot of prop to pat summit uh who passed away what was it last year because she was there for a long a lot of that time you know she was the coach and, and ran a really great program uh so hats off to the the program it's a very impressive streak and i'm sure they'll get back to it because uh, they have a quality program and year in and year out they prove that they have a, a really really great uh, women's basketball team there in Tennessee. All right, so I wanted to shift here to the NBA and talk about this real quick. I know everybody's probably tired of hearing a Golden State, uh, but this unbelievable run that they're on. I did, broke down and did some math here. Uh, so I'm going to tell you about this, guys, and then I want you to tell me if they're going to break this record or not here. They're 49-5 and five right now. Uh, they have to stay under, of course, the, the 96 Bulls went 72-10. and 10, So they have to stay under uh, 10 to break the record so they can afford four more losses. So they have 28 games left, which means they need to win tw- at least 24 of them to break the record. They have 17 of them at home, 11 away. Uh, so far this season, they are 24-0 at home. Have not lost a home game this season. In fact, they haven't lost one a home game in a regular season in over a year. Uh, that was January 27, 2015, the last time that they lost a game at home. Uh, and they're only and they only had two home losses uh, in that season last year. So they play amazing in the Oracle. 
Uh, so 17 at home. Let's say they continue the streak. They don't lose at home. That gives them 11 games away, and they need to uh, win seven of those games uh, and lose four. Do you think that they're going to be able to, to do that, including the game that they're playing right now? Uh, of course. Yeah, they're up 60 to 41 over Atlanta, I believe. It's actually yeah. 63 I don't know. It's, it's a 20-point it, lead. Okay, well, okay. Well, yeah, it's going to be tough. They're actually in the middle of a what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven-game seven road stretch. So, yeah, they still got four more road games to play. They're at Atlanta right now. They give me, they go to Lo, uh, Orlando, then they go to Oklahoma City, then they're at home against Atlanta and at home against Oklahoma City. I, I just don't see it. I, that Bulls team, this Golden State team is something special, you know, but that Bulls team, I it, if they do, I'll, I'll tip my hat to them, but it's going to be tough. It's like I said, you you get in this road, the, like you said, this uh, this road game stretch. It, I, I just don't see it. I think it's going to be one of the better records, but I just don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, no, <clears throat> I'll take them breaking the record. I, I think that they're good enough, absolutely, obviously, <clears throat> defending champions. They've done great all season. And, like, when they've lost, it's just been a reminder that they can be beat. And then they come out, and they just kind of stay on the same steady as they are every time when they get hot. And Golden State is just – the one thing I think they do have going for them is because they shoot outside so much and they get a lot of open looks that, I, to me, it's just like they're not getting beat up as much. So they're – you know, they're not fully healthy. Obviously, everybody's going to have injuries this deep into the season. But I think they're healthier than most teams, and I think that gives them a tremendous uh, help. Well, they're up right now, like we've talked about. I think that they can break the record uh, with not many, not many games left in the season. I guess you, you know, you're starting to get them on the home stretch here. We talked about it on the show. We thought maybe they, they would try to rest up for the playoffs, <clears throat> assuming that they clinch this thing with ease. But I just knowing Steph Curry and this team, I think they do want to break the record because. It's one, it adds more lore and legend to your team. Steph Curry is one of the greatest basketball players, I think, of our generation. I know it's still pretty early, but but the way he performs and uh, the way the way he gets that team to go. It's, and the thing about this team is they're always hungry. They, it, I think I, I heard somewhere on the radio that they still feel hungry to win a championship because some people are saying, well, how can they win it last year? They shouldn't, they shouldn't have beat... Uh, you know, Cleveland, if Cleveland was healthy. So I think that they still have a chip on their shoulder uh, to go out there and win a lot of games and try to break the record. You know, it kind of sounds to critics. Because there are still critics of that team out there, but here's the thing. They won the championship, and they did it in a great way, and Curry just put on a show. So, you know, they could have probably lost maybe if the Cavaliers were, were healthy last year, but... I think that they're on a mission to, to beat their record and win another championship and make it back-to-back seasons with the title being hoisted by the uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and you brought up a point that I was going to bring up myself uh, here, Peter, that everybody talks about the finals last year, and it's like, oh, well, if the Cavaliers were healthy. And then they come out on this unbelievable tear to start the season, and people start talking about, uh, well, what about the you know the 96 Bulls? 
Do you think they can break the record? And immediately, like it seemed like every basketball player from the '90s were like, "Oh, well, they weren't. They aren't as good. They wouldn't have been able to play then." Uh, of course, Charles Barkley comes to mind first and foremost. Oh, they wouldn't be able to play back then. Uh, the NBA soft now. Uh, you know, they're not as good as a team. Uh, and I'm not saying that any of that's true, but it just uh, ever since they won the championship, there's been naysayers aplenty, and you know, ever since they. You know, they've been on this amazing tear all season long, and all you hear is it's naysayers. They're not as good. They're not as talented. Uh, so I think it, it keeps them really hungry, of course. And the other thing is you think about your legacy, uh, you know, the legacy that you're going to leave. Um, and for all of these players, you know, to be part of a team that that breaks the record, um, and, you know, it would be huge for them. It's a record that a lot of people I don't think – ever thought was going to be broken to to make it through a, such a long season 82 games and only lose 10 of them I mean it is very impressive what the Bulls were able to do um, but I mean it's it's amazing like, the run that Golden State's gone on and I think that they it's going to be tough but I think that they will do it in the end um, they do have some really tough games their last four games are and I'm not don't have them in order in front of me, but I know that it's like home and away against the Spurs, home and away against Memphis. Uh, I mean, that, those are going to be four tough games at the end of the season. They take on OKC as as uh, Rich said, still twice I believe on their schedule they have OKC. It's they have a lot of of tough games ahead of them, but I don't see them losing at home. So I think that's 17 wins there. And then you have to win seven of the 11 road game wins uh, you have to get. So I think they're going to be able to do it. It's going to be interesting, though, if it gets close towards the end of the season because they end the season out with the Spurs, you know, the, the home and away uh, with the Spurs in the last four games. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, you see them get that close, uh, you know, if the Spurs can end up, you know, ruining their dreams. Um uh, but I was talking today, you know, Anderson Verge, of course, gets traded uh, to Golden State. Uh, and a lot of people have been talking about it. And I heard one of my buddies is a big Cleveland fan, and he's uh not very optimistic guy. And he was just like, well, at least Verge is going to get another ring this year. Uh, but they have to be the odds-on favorite. Do you think it is going to be Cleveland versus uh, Golden State again in the finals? Oh man, that's what June. <laughs> we're still like we're in the middle of February. That's a long ways to go because I know that San Antonio's up there. I know Dallas just signed David Lee. I know the East is looking a little bit stiffer now. I just I don't know what Cleveland. Why did Cleveland get rid of Arizona to begin with? Is beyond me. I, I'm gonna say I have no idea. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, man, I'm going to go with yes, just because Golden State is playing so good, obviously, lights out. I think if any team could beat them, it's San Antonio. And on the East, I, just, I think it's Cleveland and then everyone else, as sad as that seems, because I don't think Boston can make a run. I don't think Chicago is going to pull it together good enough. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I think it will be. I think it's going to be. Uh, Cavaliers and the worst. I'm looking at the standings right now. Uh, as it stands, Toronto's three and a half back, Boston three back. I, I don't think Boston has what it takes to make the finals this year. They might win a couple playoff games, maybe win a series. Makes noise. You got Miami, Indiana, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago to finish up. The eight teams that are currently standing for the playoffs right now. 
I think I think Cleveland goes back because I think LeBron, in my opinion, he's still hungry for another title because he wants to bring one back to Cleveland, back to where his NBA career started, and and I think he I think they also have a chip on their shoulder because maybe they feel with a healthy team they can beat Golden State this year if they meet up. So I think it'll be Golden State Cleveland for a for a great rematch of last year's finals. I, I mean, it's sad to say, but. Because Golden State is, I think, the, of course, the better team. I think they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, but I think that, and I think it's definitely going to be the Cavaliers in the East, uh, just because the East is so soft right now. I, I don't see anybody challenging them for that. Really uh, making a, a strong case against them. I think that they're going to make it uh, rather easily. But then in the West is such a much. You know, everybody knows the West is is much tougher than the East right now. Uh, and then you have the very tough Spurs, and they only get better in the playoffs. As, I mean, we've seen it year in and year out that that team gets even better than they are in the playoffs. So the Warriors definitely have their hands full, but I still think they're the best team in the NBA, so I think it will end up being a rematch. Uh, but the Spurs definitely have a shot to, to ruin the Warriors' hopes. Um, I'd be awful if they break the the record of the seventy or of the uh, the ninety six Bulls and then lose to the Spurs in the playoffs and don't even make the finals. Uh, but next thing here, uh, just recently, uh, Richard's guy here, Dirk, ends up uh, passing uh, or moving on to sixth all time in the NBA in scoring. Shaq. Uh, passing Shaq. Yeah, sorry about that. Just pass Shaq. Uh, unbelievable! Uh, the career that Dirk has had oh, six no, all, uh, six all time is is definitely uh, incredibly impressive when you consider all of the guys that have played. And to the six behind the five ahead of him, wrap your head around this one, guys: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at one, Carl Malone at two, Kobe three. Jordan four, Wilt Chamberlain five, Dirk six. I mean that that's that's in great company right there. As as great as this league has evolved, uh, moving down the list, you got Shaq at seven, Moses Malone at eight. Uh, the next one that's even close to being in that list is Tim Duncan sitting at fourteen, and it looks like and Tim's been in the league a lot longer than Dirk has as well. So you know. Everybody knows I'm the Mavericks fan here, and before, you know, before I pass the buck along, let's just say Dallas is one of the teams to beat uh, Golden State this year. So look out for them going into the postseason, boys. <laughs> Absolutely, I Dirk had an unbelievable career. I remember the run against Miami to win the championship. Just, uh, I mean, the guys year after year consistent. He's, I think he's done way better than a lot of people expected. He's worked hard. I mean, he's earned every single bit of it, and it deserves where he is and deserves where he's going after he retires. Yeah, this was this is great news, and this goes to show you how great Dirk is. And I think he's also one of the most underrated players in the NBA because of the because of you know the the city he plays in basketball. When you think about Dallas, you think about Football. I, I do think about basketball too because of Dirk and, and the Mavericks to Mark Cuban. But not only is he here for him to be sixth on that list with all those legends you just mentioned. I mean, he did his past Shaq, and the guys in front of him were pretty talented. So Dirk Nowitzki is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. Um, I don't see him not being in the first ballot. I, I'd be shocked, but 
No, it's great because Dirk's one of those guys I've watched. I've grown up watching, and and Amos mentioned it that run against the uh, against the Heat win Dallas's championship. I remember, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dirk was sick in the in the game that I believe that clinched the finals. And I remember before it was either that game or before that game where LeBron and Dwayne Wade were were making fun, kind of making fun of him, where maybe it was Wade and, and Bosch, but somebody was making fun of him for being sick, and he went out there and. I think it was a game he made the game-winning bucket no, or something. It was, it was something like that. Yeah, it was uh, Wade was it and Rich? LeBron. It was Wade and LeBron. Yeah, it was Wade and LeBron. He, he hit the game-winning like, bucket in yeah, that game, right? Dropped, I think he dropped like 35 on him or something. Let me go look that up while you're talking. Hold on. Yeah, so just, I mean, Derek is just an incredible player. and I hope we get to see him play for a couple more seasons. But you, you never know with these guys and. If this was to be his last season, I hope it's not. He, he's going to go down as one of the greatest ever. And he's not only one of the greatest players ever, he's also one of the classiest guys, too. You never hear him really badmouth other people. He's kind of just a goofy dude that likes to play basketball and have fun. And I tip my hat to him. I think he's just fantastic. And to have a career as long as he's had is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, all the points you brought up there, uh, Peter and Amos and Rich, uh, absolutely great player. And, you know, all the names on that list, are, that's uh, NBA royalty. And to be amongst them has to feel excellent. Um, he, he is an outstanding player, and he has been for years. That that series that you both brought up when he won the championship over the Heat, you know, I think everybody expected the Heat uh, to win that and to come out and perform it the way he did against the big three that they had in Miami. Uh, it was unbelievable. I remember I was in Afghanistan at the time. I was still in the Army. And because of the time difference, you had to wake up at like 6 in the morning to watch the – to watch the games but I remember getting up and my alarm didn't go off and I was just like dang the game's on I had to like run uh, over the tent where we had the TV set up and like right when I was going in was like right at uh, right towards the end of the game and I watched the rest of the game and you see LeBron storm off uh, in tears and like although and then you know Dirk it was just he is as Peter said just the nicest of nice guys he's the Peyton Manning of of basketballs is what he is um, you know, never having any controversies, just always just uh, a true blue good guy. Uh, and for him to get this is nice, you know. It's nice to see guys like that succeed. Like Tim Duncan is another guy like that that's just um easy, likable guy uh, that plays amazing basketball. And Dirk's got to be really uh, proud of himself uh, for playing this good. Probably, I would say definitely right now, uh, the best European player that we've ever had in the NBA. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, yes, I would, actually. Greatest of all time. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to pull these stats up. Uh, sorry. Yeah, great, greatest of all time. Yeah, absolutely the greatest uh, player of all time there. Hold on, I'm trying to get the points. How many he dropped? But- it does not say. Okay, <laughs> yeah, greatest of all time. Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, easily. I There's not much else. I don't know, man. It's just really, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with Rich. <laughs> uh, I'm a little, I'm it's sorry, I was looking at all time. his stats, and I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, his, his, his career uh, speaks for itself. What he's been able to do is nothing short of amazing. Um. 
just to remind everybody that's listening in, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you think he's the, the best Euro player of all time um, or anything that we've talked about that you want to talk to us about, text in at five or 252-621-2065. Also, uh, if you download the Spreaker app, you can text into the show uh, You know, in the little chat right off of the Spreaker app. Uh, we'll be able to read them here uh, and see your opinions on everything. Um, we just actually got our first text in um, uh, from the the 301, that's the Maryland area code, and it said that he is by far and away the best European player to ever play. So, And I would agree with that. I think that, that he's really in competition by himself, really, for that. A, an excellent career that he's had. Uh, moving on to the next thing here that we're going to talk about, Rich. I'm going to kind of take you, let you take the lead on this since you are a resident golf guy. Uh, but you got some Tiger news news for us, uh, so take that away. So apparently today there was a, a tweet from somebody called the Secret Golf Tour or something, and it was some former PGA writer for CBS Sports. He tried to send out a tweet saying that he had a unquote source this the tiger had a setback from his uh, rehab he couldn't he could barely sit down for long periods of time his back was acting up again about two or three hours later uh tiger's agent come on record and say no that's not true i don't know where they get this information from uh but unfortunately we said no one really knows except for tiger when tiger will be back he's withdrawn his name from his own tournament next weekend but i thought it was interesting considering how how far along we have came in this whole tiger wood incident from the the first back surgery last year to uh, two years ago then last year he had a procedure done in september and then one again in like two weeks later to clean it up so that that's what that's what uh, happened today, which is just came off as really really interesting that someone would go out there and say that they're just trying to stir some crap up. Yeah, no, yeah, <clears throat> I completely agree. Just the poor guy, man. Not the ability to just not stay healthy with everything going on. Very interesting. I think he's just getting up there, too, where you really have to consider maybe it's just time to hang it up. I, I know, you know, Phil's done it for a long time and stuff, but Tiger has been in his prime, had his prime. And, I mean, the way he's gone, it's – I mean, I'd really hate to see him come back and just just be so – just not good with all the injuries. And I would rather see him kind of retire and, you know, kind of seal his legacy while he's still got a little bit of one. <clears throat> this yeah, this was a bit of a shock to me, but I, I think in Richard, this is something you and I have talked about, I believe on the air and off the air in private, is that we feel that Tiger Woods is probably never gonna be the same and if he plays in a he plays in a in the you know, in the PGA now where you have a lot of young upcoming talent and veterans that are still looking pretty good and I think that unfortunately for, for Tiger, I think you know, it's I, I believe that the end is here for him because he's not when he even when he is healthy, he's struggling to win. He's had his issues at the majors. You know, really, he's really the downfall with him started when the affair news came out, and ever since then he just hasn't been himself. And you know, it's for him. I, I it's just been a fall from grace, and 
I mean, that was what uh, I think we're going on. It'll be seven years this year that that whole that that whole wow. issue came about. Or I think it's been seven years now. I think it was. I, I believe it was around, if I'm not mistaken, it was around Thanksgiving 2009 is when the incident was reported of when he crashed his car. And I remember that because, I, now I think it was then, I'm, I'm going to look it up here in a second when I'm done talking because I'm curious to see now, but if it really has been that long, wouldn't it just be wise for Tiger to take a step back and just walk away from the game of golf? Because I understand he loves golf and he's done a lot of great things for the PGA and made golf very popular. And there was... I knew people that picked up golf because of him when I was a little kid, and I was one of those guys too. And now we just look at him, and it's like, what happened, man? And you know, no matter, I think even if he doesn't win another majors or another championship, he'll be considered one of the greatest of all time because of how clutch he was for those periods of time as a golfer. Now I think the time, now the the, the torch has been passed off. And I think it's time. And I think it's time for him to just retire and, and just take care of his body because beating yourself up, no matter what sport it is, after a while just isn't worth it. Because when you're when, when he's older, he's going to want to not have to worry about being in constant pain because this dude is always injured. It's just not worth it. If he retires, he'd be a great commentator for golf. I'm sure he'd be a great golf coach. But as far as playing wise goes, I think it's time for, hang, for him to hang it up and just and kind of just take care of himself. Yeah, it is interesting, and it does it does seem like you can point right at the moment uh, of the downfall is is that when all the news came out of the the affairs and and all of that, it just seems like it does seem like awfully strange that it was like that moment. Uh, I mean, everything since before then was was great. It was Tiger that we knew, uh, you know, winning everything that he, you know, by far the most dominant golfer. Uh, the best of his generation, uh, unbelievable the way that he played, and then everything after has been, you know, this downhill slide, uh, and and to the point where he's, I mean, right now he's ranked something crazy. I mean, he's like 200, 300th in the world, uh, you know, not even close near the top. Uh, it's unbelievable what his, uh, his, the path that his career has taken, um, since then I'm looking it up right now as I'm talking here to see when his last win was exactly it looks like it was um 2008 was his last major win and then 2013 uh was his last uh PJ win and it's it's unbelievable that his career has slid this far and you just don't he's not competitive anymore he's not um and, you know, and he's constantly having health issues, like Peter brought up with his back. It's been a, a, a problem. You know, that's anytime you hear something about Tiger Woods, it's not oh he scored this or oh he played this well. It seems like the last you know five or six updates that I've heard at least has been oh his back's not doing well. Oh his back's hurting again. Oh he's having a back surgery. It's, it just seems like that's taken over even more than uh, you know the news that you hear about him playing the actual sport that he's famous for. You know, it's it's sad to see because he is a guy that uh, you know that dominated this sport at one point. It is sad to see him, uh, you know, take this slide that he has because he used to be, you know, the best, one of the best that we've ever seen in the history of golf, but definitely the best of his generation. Yeah, Tiger is ranked four forty-five right now. Yeah, four forty-five. Four forty-five. That's awful. 
Yeah. Yeah, it says November 27th, well, 2009. Uh, the Tiger Woods crashes his catalog. He crashes catalog into a fire hydrant at almost 2.30 in the morning. And I believe it was his wife who smashed out the back window or one of the windows with a golf club to try to get him out because he was unconscious. Yeah, it wasn't at the that windshield. That was when the whole thing blew up. It might have been the windshield. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. She hit the windshield with one a nine iron, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, and yeah. now he's uh, he's supposedly yeah, that, was, that was a downfall having, for him. Uh, that was the beginning of the end. And he he's just got a problem with women because now apparently you guys know that Jason Duffner and Amanda Duffner got divorced last year, right? Well, now apparently Amanda Duffner is dating Tiger Woods. She's trying to become the next Mrs. Tiger Woods. For whatever reason, Jason Duffner has no problem with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a bad gig being Mrs. Woods. He's still worth a lot of money. So it's not a bad gig being Mrs. Woods. Uh, I imagine that it has to be a pretty extravagant lifestyle. Um, yeah, and last but not oh, let, no, let me go, go ahead and because uh, I know you're going to ask me about this uh, the uh, other thing. So for those who don't know, uh, the North Trust Open was played over the weekend. Uh, Bubba came back and, and won the tournament. Uh, Adam Scott finished uh, second, which, you know, there's another story that he is trying to alleviate, you know, the anchor puttering, the anchor putter stance or whatever has been banned this year. Uh, Adam Scott's not even using the long putter. He's using the short stick. Says he's feeling comfortably fine with it. But the biggest news out of this one, which came as a shock to me because I just read it before we came on the air, is that Bubba admitted that he passed a kidney stone right before that final round on Sunday. For those that don't know, you know, kidney stones are no joke. I've never passed one, but I know plenty of people had and said it was the most, wor- the most painful experience they've ever they've had in a, in a while. So it, if it's true, <laughs> damn, man, that, that's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I've never had kidney stones. I've known multiple people to have kidney stones. And, God, yeah, they everyone talks about how painful it is and everything else. And, yeah, that's the only thing I can say. If, yeah, it's impressive for anyone to be able to do it because it's crazy. But, yeah, man, bad amount of time, it's awfully quick. Yeah, I, uh, I had kidney stones at one point. Um, at one point in my life, I had uh, one kidney stone in my in my entire life, but it was the second most painful thing I think I've ever gone through. It was unbelievable. I mean, it it was painful enough that it dropped me to my knees. I mean, it was it was unreal. So to be able to get through that is, I mean, that's crazy impressive. I mean, that's yeah, that's very impressive. Oh, real quick yeah, score update, guys. Really it was. Oh, oh, hold on. I got to give this Golden State this Golden State game. Atlanta is now beating Golden State eighty-two to eighty-one. Wow, they were down by twenty. That's a heck of a comeback. Yes, it's, yeah. I just looked at it. I said, let me check that score right quick. Eighty-two, eighty-one. About nine and a half to go in the fourth quarter. All right, I want to bring up one more thing so, here uh, before we, you know, head into the end of the show. We're going to do our bums and studs of the week. Um, wanted to bring up one thing we don't really talk about much about nascar on this show 
but anybody who is a fan of NASCAR or caught the the highlights of this Daytona 500 finish, uh, unbelievable finish. So they're they're coming around the last turn. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. Is sitting in first place. Uh, you know, Danny uh, Denny Hamlin tries to move to the outside. And he got the the guy to move to the outside. Then Denny Hamlin shot through. And you look, and then it became Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., or neck and neck going down, and Denny Hamlin ends up winning this race. They said by less than a hundredth of a second. I mean, it is unbelievably close. It's If you watch it at full speed, uh, the first time you watch it, watch it in full speed, and you can't tell who won. Uh, it takes you a second. You have to slow it down. I mean, it is impressive how close they are. Uh I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan. I don't watch it uh, very often at all. Um, uh, and, you know, see, sometimes you, I know you have races where a guy wins by half a track or whatever, but, or not that much, but a long distance. But what an unbelievable win like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights or not, but, I mean, it is literally inches. What do you think about this, Rich? I'm not the biggest NASCAR fan. That's one I think between tennis and NASCAR, those are probably the only two sports that I don't care nothing about. But I saw the the picture. You know, hats off to to Hamlin or whatever his name is. Great win. You know, I, I was listening to the Outer Bank Sports Report. Guy says I can give you about eleven minutes. I said, well, I can give you less than that on NASCAR. So, but all in all, I know a lot of my fr- I know a lot of people in this area are huge NASCAR fans. All they keep talking about. So I'm, I'm happy that NASCAR is back for them, but I, I could care less about it. No offense, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't agree. i just not a big NASCAR fan, and <clears throat> I haven't even read anything really about it. Don't pay much close to attention. So unfortunately for one sport of NASCAR, I would not be any good in this conversation. I saw the clip and that was very close. I, I watched part of the race yesterday with my girlfriend's grandfather. We just had it on just here and there to see who was winning. And uh, that was pretty crazy. So just, uh, just you know, I, it was crazy how it ended and just the way it ended. is just. But that's NASCAR, though. You, you'll have endings like that. And I think NASCAR, it's fun to watch on TV sometimes with friends and family. I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but I do, I do, I do enjoy it once in a while. And uh, what a fantastic finish to the race. Yeah, it was uh, an unbelievable finish. I mean, you look at the – anybody who hasn't seen the video that's listening, go and look it up on – on Google it or, or you know, look it up on ESPN because it is, it is so close. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a big NASCAR fan, as I said, but I don't think I've ever seen a finish that was this tight. It was really impressive and definitely a sight to see. Um, uh, but here we go. We're going to head into uh, there are studs, bums and studs of the week from all over sports. It's something we used to do a lot in football, but we're going to do all over the world of sports. <laughs> so, Richard, uh, who gets your bum and stud of the week this week? Well, for the Friday night free-for-all, I'm going to do a uh, fictional stud of the week, but I could not find a fictional bum of the week because I didn't really watch that much TV. Uh, and then for my, I'm going to give you a sports stud of the week as well. A uh, bum is obviously Randall. Uh, my two studs are Dirk Nowitzki, my boy. I got to give him props. Uh, number six all-time scoring list, 
And for those that have seen The Walking Dead, and Peter, you will agree with me after you watch this episode, uh, Rick Grimes, you get my stud of the week as well. That's all I'm going to say if you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I can't say much because Peter's getting ready to watch it, so... So for my set of the week, I'm actually going to go with someone who's not a player. Going to go with the lady who told LeBron to suck it up. <laughs> By far, I'm tied with Billy Janzel as my new hero. <laughs> my bum of the week is going to be uh, Ben Simmons, man. Can't play because of your academics. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Pull together. You're going to be the number one overall pick. All you got to do is last out like a few more months. And then I'm going to give, uh, sorry, I'm going to give an honorable mention out to uh, Julius Irving, Dr. J. I do believe you turned 66 today. Happy birthday, sir. Awesome. All right, so I, I guess I'm up now. Uh, for Stud of the Week, I'm going to go with Dirk Nowinski just because of what, what he accomplished. And then for Bum of the Week, uh, it has to be Ruben Rand on me. That, that's some pretty bummy stuff. Right there, by uh, he might be your new favorite person to talk about on the Beards and Shears shows now, guy, because Johnny Manziel's all, all but disappeared. So it might be the Ruben Randall show tomorrow night. Joseph Randall, not Ruben Randall. Joseph uh, Randall. I'm sorry, Joseph Randall. Joseph Randall. I don't know. I I don't know what I was thinking. About. Joseph Randall. Yeah, that, that, that's bad. So uh, before we close out the show, I don't know if you guys have heard this or anybody that's heard about this story, but. Vontae West was in the news, spotted wandering, wandering and looking. This is according to a New York Daily News report by Bernie Augustine. Uh, the title says, Vontae West spotted wandering, looking disheveled outside of Jack in a Box. And there's some photos of him on this. Um, in this article from TMZ Sports, Vontae West looks just terrible. He, he looks like he hasn't slept in probably weeks. I'm not exactly sure what's in the cup he's drinking. I'm hoping it's just soda, not, you know, hope he's not addicted to alcohol or something. But uh, just, I don't know what's going on with Delonte West. I mean, this, I haven't heard anything about him recently, and I was thinking about him. I'm like, I wonder what happened, whatever happened to Delonte West. And, and here we go with with this situation, just not good. And I hopefully Delonte West can get it together because he was always fun to watch, and there was always some sort of controversy surrounding him. Um, there was obviously the romantic link between him and LeBron's mother. And then in 2011, he, this is in the article, in 2011, he revealed that he was suffering from bipolar disorder and was using medication to control it. So one has to wonder if he's not on his medication, if this is why he's acting the way he was reportedly in the Jack in the Box parking lot the other night. That's just sad. And man, I hope he gets it together because that would, that would just be tragic. Cocaine yeah. is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Delonte West, Delonte West, and LeBron James—the greatest father-son duo in NBA history. <laughs> LeBron and mommy kicked them out. <laughs> All right, for my uh, bums and studs of the week here, I have actually two studs. Um, one bum, and it's got to go to Joseph Randall. Uh, I mean, have fun playing Canadian football because uh, you just shot your chances at, at ever playing in the NFL again. Um, my two studs of the week, uh, Portland Trailblazers. 
And coming up big against Golden State, blowing them out. I think it was 137 to 108, if I'm not mistaken. Huge win for them. Uh, you know, very impressive when I actually watched the, the game and, and they played that well from start to finish. It was a very impressive win. Um, and then my other stud of the week is going to be the Washington Capitals have actually been on a tear for a while. Now, last 19 games, they won tonight 3-2. Uh, to two. Last 19 games, um, they are 17-1-1. Uh, and one. So, unbelievable with the way that they've been playing, furthering that lead that they already have. Um, and you know what? Third stud of the week, Denny Hamlin for, for winning that race on a smooth move there at the end. So, let me my three studs of the week this week. Um... We're going to end the show right here. We're going to tell you first, though, listen, of course, tomorrow, uh, the Beers and Cheers show we're actually going to do and, and our first NFL mock draft. We'll probably do, you know, one or two more before the actual draft, but we're going to do our first uh, mock draft. Me and Amos are going to tell you who's going to get picked where, uh, you know, at, at the draft this year. Of course, we have the show on Wednesday, the Par for Discourse show. We have a very special guest, uh, Chris Fetter from DolphinSidelineReport.com. Uh, if you've never been there, check it out. If you're a Miami fan, they have a lot of really great takes, uh, very, uh, very in-depth articles and, and stuff that you don't see around a lot. A lot of really creative stuff that they do there. Um, and then Thursday, we're going to do this, another show for you. And then Friday, of course, the free-for-all uh, with uh, Peter and, and Rich. So we have a, a great week of shows for you. Uh, thank you a lot for listening tonight. Uh, tune in tomorrow and the rest of the week. Of course, all, as always, 9 p.m. Eastern Time um, is when we always get started. So thank you for listening tonight. Uh, and look, tune in tomorrow night for the Beers and Cheers Mock Draft. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.